Welcome to the Business Life and Joy podcast, where we believe that both your business and your life can be filled with joy. If you want to grow an online business without fear, self-doubt, or the need to take on a hustle around the clock mindset, you are in the right place at the right time. I'm your host, Shante Grant, creative entrepreneur, teacher, two-time online business owner, mom, wife, and friend. Thank you for being present with me for today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. And welcome to today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Today, I am introducing you to Nicole Yang. Not only is she an amazing graphic designer, but she happens to be my graphic designer, or at least one, I am one of her clients. Currently, she has done some wonderful work for me. In fact, if you are inside of Peace Pace Progress or Spring Forward, those workbooks that you see every single day, yeah, Nicole helped me to actually design those after I took our old workbook and gave them, put them in her hands to really uplevel them so that you would have more success, more clarity, and really a streamlined approach to work through both of those things, peace, pace, progress, and spring forward. So I am so excited to introduce you to her today as we talk all about design, but some myths about design and what it means or when is the time to work with a designer. And so let me tell you a little bit about Nicole in case you have never heard of her or never met her. Nicole Yang has spent her entire career designing for small and medium businesses. She is very passionate about approaching graphic design with a healthy mix of strategy and intuition. She was formerly the art director at Southern Weddings and Cultivate What Matters, where she developed two product lines from the ground up. And she's worked with brands like American Crafts, Target, and Thomas Nelson. So right now, as of January, of this year, 2018, Nicole is now venturing out on her own into the entrepreneurial world. And now she's providing education, brand guidance, and design partnership to creative service providers and retail businesses. And I am so glad that she is doing that because that's what enabled me to begin to work with her. She's so lovely. She's so talented. And I am honored to have her as a guest here on the Business Life Enjoy podcast. So let's get straight to my conversation with Nicole. And we talk all about working with a designer, when it's a time, how to get started, all the good things. So let's hop on over and listen to my conversation with Nicole Yang, graphic designer. Hello, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining me on the Business Life Enjoy podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here today. Can you please just say hello and introduce yourself to the Business Life Enjoy audience? Yes. Hi, Shante. Hi, Business Life and Joy audience. I'm so, so happy to be here. Um, I've loved listening to your podcast in the past and I have gotten to know so many cool people through it. So this is so fun to be here. Thank you. So I have already introduced you before people are listening to our conversation right now. And so everyone knows that you're a superstar design, graphic designer. Um, and what I want to know and what I'd love for you to tell us is kind of how you got here. How did Nicole become, you know, the Nicole Yang that we know? And how did you get to start your own business? Oh my goodness. I think it's also worth saying that I did not think that I would be a graphic designer when I went into college. I went into college as a chemistry major, thinking that I'd be an anesthesiologist. That obviously didn't happen. (laughs) 
I love that. Yes, <laughs> we so all know I change. thought I'd be a lawyer. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think that's fascinating. But I mean, you probably already think this too, where in your job now, there are skills that you have that made you want to be a lawyer that you're constantly using. Mm-hmm. Which I feel that way about design. I feel like it's constantly like puzzle pieces that need to come together in the same way that like chemi- chemical formulas would come together. Mm-hmm. But anyway... I was in college. I decided to be a graphic designer halfway through, and I got this great internship with Southern Weddings Magazine. And it was just one of those right place, right time sort of things where I got an internship. They apparently really liked me, so they asked me to stay on as an assistant. And I was there for... I want to say two years while I was in college. And then as soon as I graduated, they knew that I really wanted to be an art director. That was my dream. And it just happened to be a position that was available at Southern Weddings. So they gave it to me straight out of college, which was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's what I learned the most is I learned really quickly how to speak up. I learned that I needed to surround myself with other people that I could learn from and being in a business that was both a small business, but also large enough that we were working with a lot of outside commercial partners and big corporations. Um, I feel like I got both a really great sense of what a business needs to be in terms of design and what design needs to do for it. But I also got to know a lot of the kind of small business challenges that everyone deals with and that make design feel a little more personal and a little more real. Wow, I love that. So you went to school thinking you're going to major in chemistry, but then you landed the internship at Southern Weddings. Was that because you wanted to try something different? And then from Southern Weddings, they saw that they love what you did. So did you say, you know what, I actually like this so much, forget the chemistry? Or had you already decided to kind of forget the anesthesiologist round? Like, how did that happen? Like, was it because you found out you loved it so much that you shifted gears? Or was it that you decided, I don't like this. I need to try something else. How did that happen? Yeah, it was by the time I got my internship at Southern Weddings, I had already decided chemistry was not for me. Okay. I was taking chemistry classes and in the lab and it just wasn't exciting anymore. It didn't feel um, like something I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing. And I was always a part of my high school newspaper. I was always making like little magazines for my friends growing up. And it just occurred to me one day that you can do that for the rest of your life. So I just woke up the next morning and I was like, okay, I'm going in. I'm going to change my major. This is it. And then I never really looked back from there. I love that. I love that so much. So you have been doing this literally your entire career right out of college, which is really nice. It's so rare actually to meet someone who has done something right out of college and have has continued doing that. So you got the experience, like you said, of working for you know, learning a lot about small business and art design. Were you the first art design person for that company? So were you kind of starting that off from scratch? I was. There was technically an art director before me, but she she's now the creative director, Emily Thomas. She is amazing, but just didn't have actual graphic design uh, skills to bring to the table, but had a great sense of taste and where the visual should be going. So yeah, I was the first person who was able to say, hey, these fonts aren't quite working or we're using a million colors and maybe we should pare this down or this layout looks great, but there are a million ways that we could upgrade it. Yeah, 
So what I want to know is what have you found to be like the most prevalent misconceptions about design that small business owners have? Because we call you in because either we thought we could do something and we were wrong or we don't even want to try or we've done so many things like we think, oh, I can just go to Pinterest and, you know, they'll tell me which two fonts to put together. And, you know, what are what are those most prevalent misconceptions that you have seen that we as small business owners have about design in general or even working with graphic designers? That is such a good question. And I'm so glad you asked because I want to tell everyone this. (laughs) Um, But it is that it's that you can see something. The misconception is that you can see something and think, okay, that looks good to me. So I'm just going to recreate it and it's going to work. And where that's a problem is that design only works when we speak the target audience's language. So design is just another language that we're speaking to them. And if we're not speaking the same language, then nothing gets understood. So what I really mean by that is when we make decisions about the direction that a design should go, the colors that we use, the fonts that we use, we really need to be thinking, who is my target audience? What do they value in life? What do they want out of their life? And what's the visual equivalent to that? Yeah. So instead of thinking, what do I think is pretty or may look good or represent me, it should be focused on what's actually going to speak to my customer, which makes complete sense. Yes. But we don't get them. But that's a misconception that we can just pick something that we like. So is that what it is? Stop. Don't focus on what you think looks good to you, but what will speak to your customer? Yes. And I think what's so hard about that for a lot of clients that I work with is you usually are your target customer as well. So it gets confusing when you say, well, I wouldn't like this color. So I'm going to assume that my audience is not going to like this color too. Um, But what really needs to happen is we need to back that up with some surveys and some research, or we need to consider how something's going to be used. Like I have a client right now who I just gave her this great teal color to use in her brand. And she said, I don't like teal. I would love if it were a little more blue. And that's a valid concern to have. If you hate the visuals in your brand, then that's not good. Mm -hmm. But you also need to consider if you are using all pinks in your brand, then maybe you need something that's going to contrast with it so that your visuals are actually usable so that you have something that's going to be legible once you put everything together. So it goes past what do I like and what is my audience like? And the second step to that is what's actually going to work together and create something that people can instantly recognize, instantly understand, and then take a second step. Yeah. And I also feel like, because to me, design is kind of how you're presenting yourself. Like there's a difference, even with me thinking about before I use you and after I've used you, there's just an up level to the, to the look. And I think for the onlooker, there's a, I think, um, a sense of feeling that this person is more put together. They know more what they're talking about. Their brand is cohesive. That, in my opinion, gives you more credibility visually, you know, although it may have no, you know, it may not be accurate, but there's just something about when you see a cohesive brand put together and like everything is cohesive. I just feel like to the consumer or the, you know, your audience, it give it gives some legitimacy, I think. Have you found that to be true? Yes, 100,000 trillion percent. And I think that's one of the things that's hard about design is it's often hard to determine exactly what your return on investment is. Because 
design doesn't really equate to numbers. You can't say, oh, I changed my logo. So then I brought in X amount of revenue after that. You're really only speaking about this visceral emotion and this connection that your audience feels to you. And that shows up in numbers in different ways. um, But it's hard to attribute that directly back to design. But that's what it is. It's creating a brand and visuals that make you more trustworthy. Design is all about trust. And that shows itself in a million different ways, whether your graphics are readable or not, whether or not you represent the lifestyle that they want to have. But What is behind that is it's not just the colors. It's not just the fonts. It's creating these really specific set of guidelines that your brand can use to consistently deliver that amount of trust and that amount of value. Yeah. And I actually was just going to ask you, so why does this to the person who's thinking, you know, I can just, you know, this is something in my business I can probably wing. I'm pretty artistic or I have Canva or whatever. What would you tell them why design and you kind of just answered it, but why does design matter and what does it really do for your business? If you if someone were saying like, why should this be the next thing that I actually consider as a priority in my business? Yeah. And I do want to say, if you're just starting out then and you don't have thousands of dollars to spend on branding, then by all means, don't put yourself in debt or go into a hole because of it. Yeah. But if you're ready to invest in it, then it's important because Design is not art. So if you're an artistic person, um, even if you're like a marketing-minded person and you have that bit of strategy behind it, design is not art. You can't just make something look good and then expect it to perform well because what design actually is is a strategic way of looking at organizing your information for a specific audience. So what I often see is clients who come to me and say, I have a brand and I love it and it's beautiful. Here's all my brand assets. And they hand me a logo and some colors. And that's nothing to work with from a designer's perspective because we don't have that set guideline that says all headlines should be this font style and this font size. And only this pink needs to be used in XYZ instances. Like maybe we only use pink as background colors and only use black as text colors. It's small things like that, that your audience picks up on and they cannot, they can't tell you that that's what they perceive, but that's what's instantly happening to them subconsciously is they're perceiving those little bits of consistency that help them build trust and help them recognize that you're consistently going to follow up on your word and do what you say. And it's that kind of guidance that I wish that everyone had is when you're investing in a really great style guide or really great branding, you're getting those rules and you're getting someone who understands that you need to be using your brand in a million different ways across Pinterest, across your blog, across Instagram. Um, It's not just a matter of like putting a logo and some colors on something and calling it done. It's a matter of creating these rules in which your brand can live in a really consistent, beautiful, professional way. Yeah. And as you were talking, the company that came to my mind was like, oh, joy. Like I could see something that's oh, joy without anything saying oh, joy. And I could say, I I bet that's something from the oh, joy company because they have the consistent colors, although they kind of try to mix it up how they use it. But just like everything about their design 
you recognize it as them. And I think that does build some trust and that does build some, like every time you see it, it's kind of another one of those seven touches. Um, so that's just when, as you're talking, I was thinking, yeah, because I feel like there's certain brands I could see something from them. And before I even saw their name, I would know it's them. And that's, that's what you want. Um, right. That's kind of one, is that one of the goals of design is to kind of have that recognition without necessarily even having your name attached to it. Exactly. Because, and let's think about this as well. Like, let's say you're scrolling through Instagram and think about how quickly you're scrolling. I mean, you don't see some of those posts for maybe milliseconds, but I don't know about you, but for me, orange is my favorite color. If I see something orange, I'm immediately going to come back and say, Ooh, what was that? Mm-hmm. Or if I see some kind of aesthetic, like bright colors or whatever, I'm immediately going to go back and I'm going to say, I want to see what that's all about. And that's the same kind of effect that a consistent brand has is you're instantly creating this aesthetic that people want to go back and find and they want to pause on and like really interact with, which also goes back to why we need to create brand aesthetics and brands in general that really appeal to your target audience and the life they want to live. Because if we're not doing that, then we're not giving them a reason to come back and really interact with your staff. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really excellent point because one of the things I was going to say is what I have learned, I'm still learning about what design does um, from working with you is I think for me, one of the things it did was it gave me the confidence to charge more of what I actually thought I was worth because it Again, like I was saying, it gives that perception of like, I'm put to, I know I'm put together. I know what I have is good, but it's kind of like how you package something. And I can kind of relate that to how I teach people who have physical product based businesses. You know, I always encourage them to pay for a professional to take their product photos that go on the website on a clean white background because you have consistency and you can take the same exact product and have it with good photography and not so great photography. And you can charge something different for the one with the better photography because it just is perceived to look better. It's on a clean white background. They can see the product. And I know because I've had both. Um, So for me, I found that design allows you to really present your best self so that you can also charge what you're doing is worth. Um, so that's one thing I have found. Have you found that to be true from yes. working with brands? 100%. And that makes me so happy that you felt empowered to do that and that you could justify it. And I think that's one of the greatest things about design too. And it's not just perception. It's not just, I look more put together so I can charge more. It's that you are creating a better client experience and you're creating a product that is way more usable than it was before. Because let's go back to this concept that design is not art. Design is organization and simplification and usability. So you're not just making something look better. You're making it easier to read. You're making it easier to understand. You're making it easier for your customers to take the next step and to know exactly what they need to do afterward and to interact with your product in a way that makes their lives better. So I'm so happy to hear that. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Because like, for example, you've worked on some workbooks for me. I've had some workbooks before and it was kind of what I put together. And even for me, it wasn't, it was the best that I could put together with kind of my limitations and that not being how my brain works and just giving that to you and saying, okay, can you, you know, work your magic. And when I look at it, it makes it, I want to actually complete it. It makes me want to complete it. It makes it so much easier to like check a box as opposed to like, you know, a faux box I've made or a line I've made. So it really, 
it really does like you're, that's exactly the best way to say it. It makes the customer experience better and they're more likely to do the workbook and then get the results that I wanted them to get from doing the work in the workbook, which then makes it worth their investment. So really everybody wins because it's going to make for a much better experience. And I have found that to be 100% true um, just from some of the projects you've worked on for me. So I'm happy to see that that was the goal. Um, and that's kind of another thing I have found that design can do for you. That is so wonderful. And it'll make them more likely to buy from you again because they had a great experience. Exactly. Exactly. So for the person who's saying, okay, I am at a place where I have a budget where I can, because you're right, like you mentioned earlier, it's not worth going into debt for, especially if you don't even have a a concrete idea of what it is you want to do, because then you're going to end up having something designed that may not work. Like for me, I came to you when I had something that was tried and true, and I was just ready to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. So I knew the content was good. I just wanted to present it in a better way. And so for that person who says I'm there and wherever their business is, how do you get started with working with a designer? Um, Where do you start? How do you know what to do first? That is such a good question. And I also just want to say, like, if you're a business owner, like, feel empowered to make the decision that is best for you that you think is best for your money and where you're at. I could recommend things all day, but I don't know your business inside and out like some like you do. Um, So I would say, I think personally that branding and a style guide is the best place to start just because it gives you a really great foundation to keep building on. The worst thing to me is often like starting a project, like maybe we're creating a workbook, but we didn't do branding beforehand. And a year down the road, we have to go back and redo it. Once you start out with a great foundation, you know that all the decisions you're making afterward are going to be really effective. So that's why I feel really strongly that every brand should have solid branding and a solid style guide, not just a list of colors and fonts from your designer. But that's also a really expensive process. And if you don't need it, if you don't need like a huge logo and a huge style guide because you're just starting out and you're not sure what you're creating yet, or if you can't afford it, then at least really, really intimately know your target audience. And that way, every decision that you do make with your your designer can be really focused on what your target audience wants, what they need. And it's kind of like a branding process built in if you know those answers right off the bat. So I would say at least have a really solid grasp of your target audience and then slowly start building that foundation. And I think that if you work with a designer that you're really comfortable with, then that's branding process just kind of happens organically as you start working together. Like I know Shantae, you and I, you didn't come to me with like a huge style guide, but the more we work together, the more we nail down these colors that are consistent for us, that are really effective for us and these fonts that we like to use together and just a general aesthetic that really works for you and for your clients as well. Mm -hmm. So should a person, I guess it, cause someone's listening, I'm sure. And they say, okay, how do I know if I'm at that place? So you said, one, they need to already be aware of who their audience is, like who is it you're trying to speak to? And one, and two, you said the best place to start is with that kind of style guide to really, kind of, that's going to be the foundation for everything you do going forward. So that's like the best place to start typically with a designer is just kind of let's build your, the foundation, it sounds like, like everything we build from here on out will follow these guidelines, these colors, this this feel, um, these fonts, et cetera. So do they need to invest in any other type of software? Do you recommend, you know, people saying, I know some people say, well, 
what else do I need? Do I need any type of software? Or is it just once I know my audience, once I have the budget for it, then I may be ready to bring on a designer to help me tell my story consistently? Mm, That is a great question. The first thing I would say is invest in font licenses. That is the number one thing you should be buying. You can get some great free fonts. And so maybe you don't need a font license. Like Google web fonts are awesome to use because you know that they're going to work across multiple web systems. But if you are using like a fancier script font or something, make sure you have a license to use it because you just never know what's going to come around if someone's going to find you using it without a commercial license. Um, So make sure that you do have proper fonts and licenses as needed. But I would also say there are two ways that you can go about this. I have a lot of clients who are using Canva, which is a free product. Um, It's an online system that allows you to create your own graphics. And it's wonderful. It is super intuitive if you've never designed something before. And if you don't have a ton of money to invest in a designer who can constantly update things for you and create things from scratch for you, it's a great way to say, hey, designer, I need a template that I can use for Instagram stories or for Pinterest or for my PDFs. And I'm going to put them into Canva and then use it that way. I think that's an awesome alternative to hiring someone either on retainer or spending hundreds of dollars a month on design if you're not sure if you can get a return on investment there. So Canva is free. There is a paid version, which is great too, but the free version does pretty much everything you need it to do. So as far as investing, you can really take it as far or as not far (laughs) as you want it to. Um, If you want to dig into design yourself, then you are also welcome to download the Adobe programs that most designers use. I feel like that gets pretty steep. It's $40 a month, I think, for all the design programs, but it comes with a huge learning curve. So I would say if you're going to spend your money, then make sure that you're either using Canva, which you can definitely calculate your ROI on, or rely on a designer who can use those professional programs and use them the right way. Yeah, that Adobe, I... Mm, yeah, <laughs> Canva's so much easier. Wow, I tell you. But yeah, I, I actually was going to ask next, when should someone stop DIYing with Canva? Because I think that was an excellent point you made where if you can get a design, it's kind of like a hybrid. If you can get the designer to make those templates for you, and then you put those templates in Canva, you you have the kind of the consistent art, and then you're just going in and adding the layering for each different thing, whether that's your Insta stories or whatever. I think that is a, is a great idea. And hopefully people will really pick up on that. But is there a place a person gets to you think, I can tell you what mine was, when you say, you know what, I don't even want to, Canva is wonderful. And I have the paid version, so I can have like all my categories and folders on the side. But um, the free version is so great too. Um, But when does a person say, how do I know when it's time for me to stop DIYing it with Canva? Yes, I'd be so curious to hear what your answer is after this. But what I have found is, first of all, you just don't have the time. (laughs) And maybe you have a VA who's doing your graphics too. But I also work with a ton of clients who said, I gave this to my VA and I had a course to launch and I had my VA in charge of all my graphics. And I was so unhappy with them that I didn't launch my course. And that just sucks. Like you should never have to hold back on serving clients or making revenue because you just were unhappy with the way a design looks. So if you're at that point where you're unhappy with everything that's coming to you, then yeah, invest in something professional so that you can be happy with it and so that you can deliver value. 
And that's the second thing is if you were creating a product that you are putting a high price point on and high is relative. So maybe it's a planner that's $40 or maybe it's a course that's $100. Whatever you think is high value, that's when you really want to deliver something that's going to be really usable, that's going to be very professional looking, um, and that's going to deliver that client experience to your customers. So that's when I would say definitely hire a designer to make it as professional and as usable as possible so that you know you're delivering the right things to your customers and that you're going to get another sale later. Yeah, absolutely. And those are my reasons. The first was time. I did have someone who was making all of like my graphics for like the podcast episodes and social media. And she was doing a great job. She just happened to go on maternity leave and I was taking it over. And even though it was mere copy, paste, copy, paste, and just change the words, it was time consuming. And so, and two, so that was just for that small part. But then two, as I was getting ready to relaunch Peace, Pace, Progress, I looked at my, what I had given and I saw the results it had given people with my Canva workbook, but and it didn't match what I wanted it to, to look like. And so for me, I was just like, I would rather pay someone to have this look, the way because even the way it looks it took a lot of time like it took me a lot of time even in canva to like tweak every little thing and i said you know i want this to really represent the quality of information that is in this program and the qual even when we worked on a challenge which was absolutely free um i wanted people to see one have worksheets that they could get the most space out of and with canva my lines were clunky and it wasn't matched and so i just really wanted something that really I thought represented where I was in my business, um, no longer in the beginning phase had, you know, a proven product. And I just knew it was time for it to reflect where it was, you know, when it started out, it reflected starting out with my DIYing of it. And, but now I wasn't at that place. I was at a place where I had tons of testimonials and I knew that this was good stuff, but I wanted it to, to look that way, you know? So that's when I realized, you know, I don't want to DIY this anymore. Um, I really want to hand this over to someone who can to take it somewhere even better than what I thought and had in mind. So that's how I knew it was time for me to kind of say, I mean, I still use Canva as in a habit and store pictures and things in there, but I just knew when it came to those parts of my business, it was time to hand it over to someone else. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I love that you also said like you had a free program that you were giving people and you wanted that to be designed because it was clearly a funnel to the next paid program. So mm -hmm. I think that's important too. like make sure that wherever people are meeting you, their first impression is going to be a really strong one. Absolutely. And I think that did help with that transition because that was something that I had just done for the first time. We had just run uh, my first challenge and it was going to a brand new product at the time, which was Spring Forward. And the consistency of it, I felt like people felt like they went from the documents which we created, we made them purposely mirror each other. Um, the same color scheme from, mm -hmm. you know, the free challenge to the spring forward all the way even to peace pace progress i think people can see that consistency and it just i don't know it's like a safety feeling like okay i'm still working with the same person and i'm going on this journey which is what my pro i want my products to do i want people to feel like they're going on a journey here's step one here's step two here's step three and i feel like when you give them those cohesive parts it, you feel like, okay, I'm still working with the same person. And I don't know, it's just something about the brain. It all looks the looks similar. It looks related. 
I don't know. I always feel like I need to get like a neurologist on the podcast, but I really think that has to do something with the mind when you feel like, okay, everything I do with this person, I I feel like they're consistently showing up the same way. And like you said, that builds trust. But I think also a security in like you made the right choice in your investment because people are making an investment in these things that we're doing. Um, So that's kind of how it felt to me. Like I felt like I, at this point, owed that to my audience because of what I'm asking of them and that they in return are asking of me. Absolutely. I would love to hear you speak to a neurologist. I think about that all the time. And I also, this might be totally strange, but I've been thinking recently about Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. Do you Mm -hmm. remember this? If you've like taken this like one-on-one class where your most basic need is that you are physically well, like you're not injured, you're getting enough food. And then your second most basic need after that is that you're safe. You have shelter, you are physically out of harm's way. And like, that's what I kind of view design and like business as like your first need is you're making money, you're not in debt, you're okay. Your second need is that you have a really strong brand and a really strong mission that you can live on that makes people feel like they're secure and working with you. And then after that, that's when we start like building on these fun things like love and self-actualization, which is making sure that your graphics are fun and that they're easy to see and that they look great. And then after that, you get this really great brand experience that helps you lead a better life. Hey friend, it's me, Shantae. And I know you're probably already said at least once this week how busy you are. Am I right? You know, when your to-do list doesn't seem to quite match up to the amount of time you have to get it all done. And not just for business, but for your life too. That's where I can help. Allow me to introduce you to my Spring Forward Workshop, an online workshop that teaches you exactly how I am able to run two online businesses, host a weekly podcast in my day at 2.30 for carpool, and of course, I make time for the occasional Target and TJ Maxx runs. I created this workshop to help women just like you start exactly where you are, and we work together to help you create a plan for the limited time that you have each and every day. Now, each lesson is designed to teach you a new skill and comes along with in-depth worksheets to help you to apply each lesson. Now, this hands-on workshop will require you to challenge the old way of thinking about time and teach you how to build time-maximizing habits. Spring Forward comes with lifetime access to any and all updates, five short and powerful lessons teaching you how to take control of your time, a detailed workbook to help you implement every lesson, examples of my workflows that I create in my own businesses to get the most out of my time, and so much more. So if you're ready to ditch busy and give overwhelmed the heave-ho, join me inside of this online workshop as we spring forward to the other side of busy. Sign up today at springforwardworkshop.com. That's springforwardworkshop.com. I feel like graphic design is almost kind of like photographers. There are varying levels of them. You know, there's photographers who just picked up a camera three weeks ago and now they're a photographer online. And I feel like one of the things I've consistently heard my clients say is that they have invested in quote unquote designers for like logos or things like that. And they get something back that they felt like I could have created this myself. Mm -hmm. So I feel like designer is one of those places where you have to be very careful in vetting people because you can find someone who has just kind of become a self-proclaimed designer, but 
how do people vet designers and find one that is a good fit for them and their brand, but also ensure that you're actually working with someone who, especially if you're paying, you know, top dollar, really is going to deliver that type of thing where you don't get it back and say, I could have made this in Canva because that's like the worst or got this on Etsy for $50 and just changed the name. I have consistently had people say, I bought so many logos and it came back $400 for a logo and it looked like a $30 Etsy logo, you know? So how do you safeguard, help people safeguard themselves from that? That is so hard. Um, Mm -hmm. I will honestly admit, like even I now am like trying to find other designer friends that I can refer people to. And the research and vetting process is so difficult. Um, there are a couple of things that I do look for. So the first I would say is make sure you actually talk to the person and like them and have mm-hmm. a good working relationship with them. I feel like so much of design and so much of what I deliver to my clients relies on really helpful feedback from them and really great conversation about what they see their business doing and how they view their audience. Um, so having that relationship right off the bat is so important. Um, after that, Make sure you see samples of their work in a portfolio and do a little more digging past what they put online. Like if they link to a client's website, look at their website and look at how they're using what they've been given. Ask for examples of things. I have clients who I wish more of my inquiring clients would ask me for examples of brand style guides that I give to my clients because my this is going to sound like a pitch and I promise it's not, but my style guides are 20 or 30 pages long that I give to my clients. But most of the style guides that they've gotten in the past are maybe five pages long. And one of them is a title page. And one of them is an ending page, you know, like make sure you're getting value for what you're paying for. See examples. And also it's not, it's not bad to ask how much of this was your creative direction and how much of this was your client's creative direction? Like, Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, ask how much they're bringing to the table. Yeah, that's really good. I think for me, I was lucky enough to actually see you in action. Last August, I was a part of the power shoots photo shoot. And so I wasn't there to watch you in action, but I just happened to see you. Like I saw all of, you know, everyone and just how you kind of use your creative direction and how you, would, I mean, something as small as this flower doesn't need to be here. This is one too many petals. Are you like the, the small details or looking at just watching how you worked? And for me, I liked your aesthetic, I guess. Um, I liked, cause I know I like use of color. I just liked what I had already seen you do. And I think for me, that was really comforting. So if you can definitely look at their work, but I think you're right. Ask for more than just what they show you. Cause they may show you like their three best things, but like everything else looks alike. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But for me, I was able to actually see you in action and see the work that you had done before. And then you, when you transitioned over to doing your own thing under Nicole Yang, I saw what you're starting to do for other clients. And so I think that's really important is to kind of watch people kind of like, you know, just stalk them a little bit. That's what I, yes. I mean, that's pretty much what I was doing with you and <laughs> not on purpose, but I just followed you and really liked what you did. And so when it came time for me to need a designer, for me, I was lucky. I felt like I didn't have to like search everywhere. I felt confident in what you have what I had already seen you do. But I think it's so important to kind of stalk them, look at their Instagram. Hopefully people are sharing what they're working on and Insta stories, um, just or some way that they're sharing with you what they're doing for other clients. I think for me, that's really helpful when I'm deciding on people I want to work with also is I can see what they're doing for other people and I can see what that translate well for me. 
And then the second thing you said that I think is so important is making sure it's someone you can talk to because there's a lot of back and forth. And this is really emotional because, you know, the things you're creating are representing me because my second one of my businesses has my name on it. It's just and the other one has my daughter's name on it. So it's like they're really personal. And so you want to be able to talk, have someone who you can say, actually, I don't I don't like that. And that might be really hard um, because you always try to find a way because I don't want the you don't want the person to be offended, but you also want to make sure, because you told me this once, let me know because otherwise I'm going to think you like it and we're going to, you're going to see it a lot more, you know, (laughs) if you don't tell them you don't like it, they're going to say, oh, they love this. So let's put it in the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, But you have to be able to say that to someone. So I think also finding someone, like you said, that you can talk to and you feel like will listen to what you have to say, not take it personally, because both of you kind of have personal investments in it. Like it's your work and it's like my business and we both want it to look good, but we're both personally invested in it. So both people have to be able to bring it to the table. And there've been certain things where I was like, I don't think I, I don't know about that. And you've told me this is the reason why we do this. This is why we use this color right here. And for me, I'm a logical person. So once you said that, I was like, if that's what it's, if studies show that, I'm all for it. You know, like I'm a logics person. So I was like, now I understand why you made that choice. So even being able to have the conversation of why did we choose this color here? Why didn't we put this color here? Every time you've come back, you've had a reason for why you did what you did. And I'm like, well, this is why I'm paying you to do this because you know, like you said, what will resonate with the audience. And that's the whole point. So also relying on the expertise of that person to trust that they know why they put that color there or why they use that font here I think is really important. So someone you can also trust is really important. Yes, exactly. Because I think a lot of people get into this trap where they know that it's their responsibility to give feedback, but they don't have the relationship or the rapport with their designer to be able to have constructive feedback both ways. Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, with you, you need to know that I'm making the best decision that I think that there is for your business. And Mm -hmm. if you decide to disagree with me, then that's on you and that's your choice. But you need to know that and you need to be able to make that decision for yourself. I can't just override you and you can't just override me because we both want what's best for your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think you answered this already, but I had this down as a question was to ask you, what is a person's first priority when you're hiring out? Is that what you're saying? The branding style package, that's kind of because that's so foundational. I would say it is, but really... Again, if you can't afford that, then really just get deep with your target audience and be able to answer some basic questions about who they are and what they need. Hopefully, your designer is going to be able to take what does exist for your business if you don't have a style guide and to work with what's there. But in order to do that, they really just need to know what's important to you and what's important to your audience. Even like just having a quick inspiration board is sometimes helpful. Again, sometimes it's not helpful. Sometimes Clients don't do it correctly because they're they're not keeping their target audience in mind. They're keeping what they want in mind. Um, but sometimes even a quick, this is what I feel best represents my client is super helpful. Um, so just making sure that you're on the same page visually and with a mission that kind of represents both you and your business is super important. That should be your first priority is being able to communicate what your audience wants. Okay. So with all that in mind, I'm really excited to hear the answer to this. I want to know from a designer, what does an ideal client look like? Like, what are your interactions like with the ideal client? What do they come to the table with? 
help us understand like if your dream client walked through the door and every part of the transaction was ideal, what does that look like? Oh, that is such a good question. (laughs) Um, I would say my ideal client is someone who's really smart, really savvy, um, is a great businesswoman or businessman, whoever they are. Because what I mostly want to see out of my clients is the ability to make really great decisions. And that's both like working with me and making decisions about, yes, I like this. No, I don't like this. And knowing that I'm creating a product and a design for a company that is going to use their resources well. So on like a core values standpoint, that's what's really important to me. But as far as workflow goes, I want someone who is going to listen to me and like listen to what I recommend and like really understand that I'm trying to help them on a strategic level. And I'm not just trying to put my taste and my style onto their business. Um, But I want them to also talk back and have a conversation with me and say, I don't like this because of XYZ, or I do like this because of XYZ, or I know that we should use this color here, but it's just not jiving with me. And I want you to help me figure out why. Um, I love clients who want to have a conversation and they don't approach design as transactional, but as something that is really a partnership that is going to help to elevate their business. Mm -hmm. How long? So if someone's thinking, okay, I want to make design a part, a priority in my business now, what does the timeline look like? Because I know sometimes we can think, okay, I'll hire them on the first and by the 15th, I'll have my brand (laughs) together you know, what does a realistic timeline look like? Oh, man, that could be, let's say we're talking about branding. Mm-hmm. That could be anywhere from one month to three months to six months. And <laughs> yes, it's so broad. And I know a lot of people have a problem with that. But it depends on the business. And it depends on the client because a lot of clients um, don't come in knowing exactly what their business is for. Um, like I had a client earlier this year who was just starting her business and wanted to get branding right out of the gate, which was exciting. But the more she kind of worked with me, the more she was like, oh, now that you're asking me these questions, I'm rethinking what my mission is, or I'm rethinking exactly what my audience is. And that changes a lot of the decisions that you make along the way. So I would say that two or three months is a good target because that means that there's a lot of time to experiment with the things that you're um, designing and the colors that you're suggesting and the types that you're suggesting. Um, It gives the client a lot of time to provide feedback and to really like sit on a proposal and say, I like this part, or I don't like this element, or what about this? Um, It leaves room for experimentation and for feedback. So it really depends on how much you know your business and your audience and how quickly you can make decisions. Yeah. So one thing you said that I thought about when you're working with a person starting, have you found it easier to work with someone who's just starting? And so they're like, here's what I think we're going to do or someone who has an established business and is either doing a rebrand or just kind of like me coming in and saying, here's what I've done so far. Now it's just time to kind of make it better. Which one is easier from a designer standpoint or from your standpoint, someone starting from scratch. So it's kind of like the world is our oyster or someone who already has something kind of in place or had something in place and kind of wants to revamp it? Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a defined answer for that. I think it really depends on the client because I've had a lot of clients who 
let's say they've had a business in the past and they just want to kind of revamp it and refresh it. And they just come to you with totally open hands and they say, I want something that is not a total departure from what I already have, but I'm totally open to your suggestions on how to make it better. And then, and that's really freeing. You have like this great place to start with, and then you can kind of explore within that lane, which is more freeing than it sounds. Um, (laughs) But then I have other clients who are just starting out for the first time. And because everything is so kind of amorphous and like just getting settled, it's really hard to make decisions. So I think it really just depends on the client and like what they're open to and how decisive they are. Yeah. So one of the things you said is you like having the back and forth. Do you think it's easier for a client to come in and say, give you more control, say, I just trust you, just do what you do? Or the person who's like, you have to go back and forth like 30 times over like, you know, one letter shade difference, you know, rather being FF12. How about FF13? No, can I see FF14? You know, like that kind of thing. Um, Because it's like, I could see how both are helpful, but both could also be like, okay, I need you to give me some kind of feedback or, okay, you give me too much feedback. How, what, where's the balance in that? <laughs> um, oh, goodness. <laughs> okay, here's a slight tangent, but not really. Sometimes it doesn't matter what color something is. I'm just going to put that out there. There is no difference sometimes between blue and pink. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's a huge difference. Sometimes there's not. So let's just say that. Um, I would say what is most helpful. I love when clients just say, here's what I want, take off with it, and then show me what you got. That is, first of all, so much fun, but it also allows me to make the decisions that I think are best from a design standpoint without a lot of this um, kind of, I don't want to say baggage, but sometimes it's baggage that people bring into the design process where something didn't work before and it's not because that didn't work. It's because it was done the wrong way. So I would say having that freedom is so nice, but at the same time, like I need to know whether or not you do like something or if you're just taking it. And then three months later, you're going to go to another designer and say, I wasn't happy with this. Can you try it again? Yeah, I can definitely vouch for that because I think like with one of my workbooks, I think I just gave you a Google doc with words (laughs) and I was like, (laughs) turn that into a workbook. (laughs) And it was great because in my head, I may have had one picture, but by doing that, I I never lose my picture by giving it, giving it to you. But if I would have said, make it look exactly like this, I never would have seen what it looked like from your eyes, which again is what you're part of what you're paying for. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm paying for you to bring something that I don't have to the table. And so what I loved about that is when you gave me something back, I was like, oh, this is better than I even than I was thinking. I love <laughs> yes. And so I think that's the way to go because you can always go back and say, okay, here's what I was thinking also. And then you can mesh those two together. But usually what you'll find is what your designer has put together. Hopefully if you found the right fit for you, that you know, they're going to create something that's even better than what you imagine. You give them the bones and let them kind of build the house. And I think that's why it's so important to find someone who matches you aesthetically. I feel like a lot of designers usually like they kind of everything doesn't look alike, but you can tell if something is in their area. There's some who like to only work with like neutral brands or, you know, more feminine brands who like a lot, like pink is a requirement to work with them. <laughs> and then there's some where like, if it's not black and white, I don't want it. And I feel like that's important to know where you 
you land. Do you find that to be true? I That's what I feel like I see when I see different people, even people who like build websites and things like that. It seems to they have a certain voice. And I knew I liked the use of color, not necessarily bright colors, because I think a lot of what we've done aren't really bright colors, but it's still colorful. Mm-hmm. Um so that's one of the things I knew that drew me to you is because I felt like you had a good use for bringing colors together, but in a, a way that would be cohesive with what I had in mind. Have you found that to be true like as far as when people are trying to decide on designers to make sure that there is, I don't know, I want to use the word aesthetic, but I guess that makes sure you vibe with the things that they that you've already seen them create. Yes, definitely. I mean, the creative side of me wants to say, a designer technically should be able to do anything because they're using the same principles. Um, and you never know if a designer wants to start branching out and if they want to try something new, or if you say, I really like how you structure things, but everything you've done is black and white and I'm super colorful. Can we somehow mesh those two together? I think that there's a great middle ground between all of those things, mm-hmm. but that requires a lot of faith and maybe some money behind it. So yes, I would say it's so important to find someone who is already doing something that you like and to tell them that too. Like definitely say, I like when you do X, Y, Z, please do that for me because they might not know that that's what you came to them for. Yeah. That's good. Again, all about just being open, having good conversation between you and the designer. Okay. Well, before we get to the business life enjoy round, I did want you to share with us, talk to us about your new design hotline. Tell us about what that is, how it works. I think this is so cool. I've never seen anyone do this before. Oh, good. I'm so excited about it. So what it is, it's a design hotline that takes place on my Instagram feed every Thursday, although technically you can submit something anytime. Um, So what it is, is I just think it'd be so cool if anyone had the opportunity to ask a designer a question about a project they're working on. Butterball has their Thanksgiving hotline if you're having turkey problems on Thanksgiving. And I think that designer should have that too. So if you're working on a project, whether it's a website or an opt-in or an Instagram graphic or an ad, anything, what you can do is DM me a photo of what you're working on and ask me anything about it. So it could be, there's a ton of text in this PDF and I'm not sure how to break it up. Please help me. Or I don't know how to overlay this text on this image, but they have to go together for this Facebook ad. What do I do? And I will respond with some of my best suggestions. And I usually publish it on my Instagram stories so that other people can learn from it too. Um, But I think it's a great way to get help where you need it with what you're working on and to not pay a fee for something that's actually a really simple question and to also learn at the same time and use those tips for the next thing that you work on. I love that. So guys, this is absolutely free every Thursday. Although, like you said, you can submit your question and then she selects, I know if you have a high volume, select some to share. Um, Where can we find you on Instagram for that? Yes, it is at Nicole A. Yang. Excellent. And that will be linked in the show notes to today's episode, which will be at shantagrant.com forward slash 77. Um, so yay. Well, let's move on to, well, before we get to business life enjoy around, is there anything else that relates to design that you think we need to know, whether it's about working with a designer, when to get started with a design, anything else we should know? I would just say, communicate, talk to as many people as you can, ask questions, say what you want and what you don't want. um, And just have a really great line of communication out there because that's how you really get things that are functional and beautiful. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nicole. Okay. So for this round, I'm just going to ask you a line of questions and you just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. What is your favorite place to visit? Somewhere sunny without bugs. I'm with you about the bugs. (laughs) If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm, Ice cream or pie. Oh, good choices. Oh, together. Oh, I love that. And then you savory pies. You know, the whole world opens up. Man, Mm, ice cream pies. I like your answer. (laughs) Um, What do you do for fun away from work? I go hiking or I read a book or I watch a lot of TV, which I know sounds bad, but I think it's just so good. Oh, that's perfect. Because I was going to say, what TV show are you loving right now? Oh, I just finished Superstore, which was hilarious. Superstore? Yes. I saw an, I saw a commercial for I watch mostly everything on Hulu. Um, and I think I saw a commercial for that. What exactly is it about? Oh, it's so funny. It's kind of like if The Office took place in a Walmart. Oh, I'm sure that's really popular then because The Office, like, I think I'm the only person on earth who has never watched a full season of The Office. <gasps> oh my goodness. I tried. I tried with season one and I was told just push through season one. But like, I try to give everything a three episode test. Yes. Like, I'll give you at least three episodes, but I couldn't get through two. Like, <laughs> I need to try again. This is the best time to do it while I'm on maternity leave. But, oh, okay. But Superstore is, does that have Amy Poehler in it? No, that's Parks and Rec that has Parks Amy Poehler in it. Okay. Superstore has America Ferreira in it. And oh, she's yeah, so yeah. funny. Yes. Okay. I might look, like, I like to find random things that I don't have to get too invested in when I'm nursing. So maybe I'll look up Superstore um, next time I'm doing that. But I think that's it's what's a lot more- easier to get into than The Office is. So okay, good. Let me know what you think. Okay, I can do that. I'm excited. Okay, well, I was going to ask ice cream or cake, but I'm pretty sure your answer is ice cream. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite business memory to date? Oh my goodness. That's such a hard question. Or one of your favorites. Okay. Mm, oh gosh. Okay, I'm going to say a couple. From my general career, I would say anytime I had like group time with my coworkers, like we had retreats every year that were amazing. And it just brought together some of my favorite things, which is being with the people that I love. Um, I'm an introvert. So I feel like that's a big deal if I want to be around you. And some really great strategic business conversations. So that was wonderful. And then this is going to sound like a cop out, but every day in my business is so difficult and so rewarding at the same time. And I feel like just the culmination of all of those days that have led me here, I never thought I would be a business owner. I never thought I'd be doing this on my own and with a great support group, but it's been just a crazy experience and something that I'm really grateful that I get to do. Yeah. How has that transition been? I don't think we talked about that. You used to work for the company that you started with out of school. And then was it this year or last year? Has so it been earlier this year, January. Yeah. Yeah. January of this year, you started out on your own. How has that transition been? Have you found that to be harder than you thought about what you thought? Um, do you miss being surrounded by the, the women you used to work with, like from being that to like in your own office? How's that been? It's been so hard and so great at the same time. And I feel like yeah. that's what everyday business like is like now. Yeah. Um, there, the first few months were amazing. It was like just getting started and getting my feet wet and like this whole new world. And then I hit a couple of months around March where I was like, every day sucks. I don't know why I'm doing this by myself. I need someone to make decisions for me. <laughs> um, 
But it's been a great learning experience. And it's also made a lot of my friendships a lot stronger because I really do have to proactively reach out to people and say, I need help with this. So it's been, I feel like it's leveled off now. And it's been a really great transition where I'm still able to talk to a lot of my coworkers who I still love and need advice from. But it's also made me a little more confident in what I'm doing now, too. Absolutely. You have to be, I feel like, to step out and do it all on your own. Well, it's been exciting to watch watch that journey for you. Um, Thank you. This is a similar question, but I'm really I really want to know the answer to this one. What is your favorite thing that you have actually designed? Which is probably hard because you designed so many great things. But is there one that stands out or has a particular memory tied to it? Oh my gosh, that is a great question. I designed a logo for a friend earlier this year. Her name is Erin O'Dwyer, and she was not a friend until after we started working together. But it was the first thing that I did that was like a full rebirth, full brand by myself on my own with my new business. Um, and it was a great working relationship, but it was also challenging too. Like she really pushed me and she was really smart, which is what was so great about it. Is she really made me think hard about why I made the decisions that I made mm-hmm. um, design wise. And I was so happy with how it turned out. I feel like I did something a little riskier than what I thought she was prepared for, but she loved it and she uses it in such a wonderful way. And she's also um, a nutritionist and she helps other entrepreneurs just work from a place of health and wellness. And so I love that I get to see something that I helped her create being used in a really, really powerful way. Yeah, that's a good point because so much of what you do helps other people help other people. So (laughs) That's cool because for me, I get to help the people kind of in my audience with the one thing I help them with, right? Or the one kind of avenue I help them with. But with what you do, you help me, you help my students, you help, you know, like the nutritionist students. Like, so in a way, like your, your reach is even further because the work you've done helps other people help other people. So I feel like there's like this long trickle effect with, with what you do, your design work. Have you ever thought about, I just thought about that as you were talking. I was like, you get to have your hands in so many different types of people's lives because of that. Yes. And that's, I'm so glad you said that because I need to remind myself of it more often. Um, I was recently talking to Laura Casey, who we both know Mm -hmm. through Cultivate and she asked me if I ever like create something and then I get excited because I finished it. And I think, wow, that's great. And the truth is that I don't often get excited about the things I design because it's, it's hard work and you make so many edits and you go through so many rounds with it that when you finish, it's like, Oh, okay, that's approved now. And we're good. And we're ready to go. And we're ready to go to the next step. And you don't get to sit back and think, I finished something for this person who's going to use it in really great ways. And I spent a lot of work on this and look, it's done. And there's no celebration period. And there really should be more of that in business and for everyone and everything that we do. Actually, that that is so true because I actually was thinking when I'm done with this, I'm going to pull out, I keep a wins journal and for this exact reason, because I felt like, you know, with entrepreneurship and being a business owner, the low days are really low. And the high days can be really high, but somehow we we feel the lows a little bit or we allow ourselves to sit in the low longer than we do the high. And so I wanted to start remembering like the smallest thing. And so I want to write down today that like I did my first podcast interview 
while on maternity leave. Like he's asleep. He actually <laughs> slept through our conversation. This is my first time trying this to have him make sure he's asleep at a certain time. And it worked. Um, and to me, that is a win. And I want to write that down so I can remember the day when I'm in the middle of something and he screams <laughs> and I have to step out. And um, this is part of the reason why I primarily work with women because they tend to understand. But, you know, I think it's important to like one, celebrate those wins. And then two, as I was thinking, I was like, so every time I post a win about something a student has done, like you take part in that, you know, they had to work through the workbook and do the work to bring those results about. And I was just thinking that is a really cool, that's a cool place to be. Cause I love people being doing work that actually like, I always say that is more than surface level. Like I always, nothing I do in my business at any point, I want to just be surface level. I want it to be something that actually is meaningful and it's like helping people in some form or fashion. And you, I feel like you get to do that a lot, but even more than most people because you do it through so many audiences. So I'm, I'm glad I want you to remember that because that's, it just came to me as I was listening to you talk. Like that is a really cool part of what you do is that you do get to have your hand in so many different types of audiences, whereas most of us have one. Right. That's really cool. Thank you so much, Shantae. I needed to hear that. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. And my last question that I always like to end with is what brings you joy? Oh, the little things. A really great meal, walking outside with my dog, sticking to my schedule Mm. and getting a good night's sleep. Yes. Oh, those are all good. Can't relate to the dog. I'll say walking, (laughs) taking Zoe for a walk. But (laughs) yes, those are all really good. Really, really good things. Thank you so much, Nicole, for taking time to chat with us and really educate us about the designer space. Because if most of my audience is like me, I just didn't know what to expect. And I'm so grateful that I didn't have to go through like the horror (laughs) that I know some people have to before they find the right fit or find just a good designer. I'm really grateful for that. But I also wanted to kind of shed some light on myths about design and just help people understand that it's really something that's not scary and really rewarding and has so many benefits for your business. So thank you. Can you tell us where we can find you, your website, Instagram, Facebook, wherever it is you like to connect with people. I would love to connect with more people. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm just so flattered. Um, But if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Nicole A. Yang. That's Nicole without an H. You can also find me on YouTube, NicoleYangDesign.com slash YouTube and my website, NicoleYangDesign.com. Oh, yes. I forgot you do do the website videos that are so fun and colorful and cute. I love them. I've watched, I think I've watched all of them, actually. Um, I will link to all of those in the show notes, which again, you can get at ShantaeGrant.com forward slash 77. And thank you so much, Nicole. We will chat with you again soon. Make sure you guys go over to Nicole's Instagram page so you can take part in the design hotline because that's a great place to start. So thank you so much for being with us, Nicole. Thank you so much, Shante. All right. Bye. And there you have it, folks. I hope that you found today's episode to be so helpful in terms of thinking about how can you incorporate up-leveling design in your business? Or if you're not at that place where you're ready to make that investment yet, how can you begin making foundations right now so that when you do get to that place, you can be an ideal customer for the right designer? So that means, do you really know your core audience? Things we've talked about many times here on the podcast. Do you really know how you want them to feel, what you're trying to communicate to them 
through your graphics, through your brand discussion and your brand's existence. Start thinking about those things now, even if you're not at the place where you're ready to make investments by working with a designer. Now, I will put all of Nicole's contact information for you, including a link that gets you to the hotline on Instagram in today's show notes, which can be found at shantegrant.com forward slash 77. I cannot wait to hear your feedback on today's episode because it's really a good one because this is such an important part of business, one in which I have seen really help me to up level in both of my businesses by working with Nicole. And so I hope today's episode was not only helpful for you, but it's gotten your wheels turning and thinking about how you can either prepare your business to work with a brand designer or how you can start laying foundation for when you are ready for that time. Hey friend, it's me, Shantae, coming right in the middle of our conversation in this podcast episode, but it's with good news. I have a question for you. Have you ever found yourself at the end of the day or the week or the end of the month with little to no results to show for it, despite the fact that you were so quote unquote busy the entire time? Well, guess what, my friend, you're not alone. And most importantly, this does not have to be your story. I want to tell you and introduce you to my brand new training called Peace, Pace, Progress. It teaches you how to get work done that matters, how to go from big picture goals all the way down to the day-to-day activities and how to get specific and leave the generic and general out of your plans and so much more. Are you tired of filling notebooks with ideas that never happen? Well, let Peace Pace Progress help you sort through those ideas and teach you which ideas to prioritize and which to trash so that you can begin to see tangible, measurable results in your business. So my friend, what are you waiting for? It's time to put an end to no longer having a system that works. No more working on several things at once and not accomplishing anything that makes your business money. Don't go another day wasting your precious time. So today is the day for peace, pace, and progress in your business. Find out why Dion says, so I just finished Shantae's Peace Pace Progress course and it is everything. From the very beginning of the course, everything resonated. I was definitely team too much. I was grinding for hours on end and into the wee hours of the morning. And now after Peace Pace Progress, when I look back, very little of what I was doing really accomplished anything to move my business forward. Now I know exactly how to do that. Stephanie says, I finished Peace Pace Progress and loved it. I've always felt a lot of anxiety about feeling like I should be doing so much to get things accomplished, but it was hard to get that broken down into specific steps and timelines for some reason. But now, thanks to Peace Pace Progress, I've got my weekly and daily workflows filled out and I know exactly what I should be doing. So are you ready to get things done, make the most of your time, and get more done in less time? If so, head on over to peacepaceprogress.com to learn more, my friend. I'll see you there. Until next time, my friends, I hope that wherever you are and whatever you are doing, that the sound of my voice finds you in the midst of pursuing something that has sincere meaning to you. You can find a brand new episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast each and every Monday morning waiting just for you at shantegrant.com forward slash podcast or whatever amazing podcasts are played. And remember, the very best way to say thank you for the podcast is sharing content with a friend and tagging me on Instagram to let me know you're listening. Until next time, my friend, may your business and your life be filled with joy. Bye for now.